1: Good morning, everyone. It is a Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM on this Tuesday, November 7th. Great to have you along with us across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. On the way in the next three hours, it is time to wrap up the previous week in the NFL. As we look back at last night's Monday night football game featuring the Chargers and the Jets at 620, we will look at the week 11 slate of college football to see if there's any value on the board. We will do the same at 640, but this time we're talking NFL futures and if Patrick Mahomes still deserves to be the favorite in pro football to win the MVP award in a seven o'clock hour, early picks and leans for week 10 in pro football at 740. Chelsea's been in the lab working on one of our teasers. We will discuss if we like it or not. More NFL at eight o'clock. followed by Beck QL's PJ Glasser joining the show at 820. And, you know, we're going to hand out our favorite plays of the night starting at 8 45 chelsea good morning on this tuesday what's happening
2: good morning today i think i'm gonna have to bet on mac football i think that's what's gonna have to to happen we are entering unknown territory here now that baseball's over uh we don't have any nba games today so i was looking at the slate last night i was like "Uh uh-oh what am I going to bet on today? So I was thinking of doing the old betting roulette. And I was like, all right, so are we doing college football or are we doing college basketball? I oh. still think I feel a little bit more comfortable with college football just because at least there's a bigger sample size. Because as sure. we saw last night, college basketball feels like anything can happen.
1: Oh, we're going to talk about that in about 20 minutes because before we get into college football we will delve into college basketball because there was a massive upset last night with the dukes of james madison beating michigan state but i have to settle down tell me if you've ever experienced this with jake because you've been married for how long have you and jake been married
2: uh it will be 10 years in january
1: oh awesome well i've only been with the lovely Catherine for Coming up on two and a half years, which is hard to believe. But you know if you've been with someone long enough, you kind of feed off each other and you can kind of sense one another just because you know each other so well. And so I woke up. I don't know why. I had this terrible, terrible nightmare. And Captain was asleep. But I had this terrible nightmare where – I was being chased by a grizzly bear. It was not great. And I woke up super stressed out, like, oh my God, a bear was after me. And yet I was trying to run, but I could only run in slow motion. You know how dreams are. But the only reason I say it is because is that I'm getting ready and all of a sudden I feel Catherine, I hear her like go oh, and like just sit up out of bed. I'm like, hey, are you okay? And I go in and sit down next to her. I'm like, you're all right. And she's like, yeah, I just I, don't, I just felt like something was going on with you. Are you okay? I just I felt really like a ton of anxiety. I was like, yeah, I just had this terrible nightmare. She's like, oh, I think that's what it was. It's like, I kind of just feel like you were going through something. So it was a really weird way to start the morning. Kind of cool in some ways, because you know somebody really well and they can kind of feed off of you. But also we both woke up super, super anxious. And so now I'm trying to calm down.
2: Oh, that's sweet. The difference is when you've been married for 10 years and together for 15, if somebody wakes up and goes like, <gasps> You're like, can you shut up? I'm trying to sleep over here. Because (laughs) the instance that I had this morning was Jake wasn't snoring, but he was breathing really loud. I was like, God, can you stop breathing so loud? And I feel like this is only something you do when you've been with somebody such a long time. Like when you're with somebody every single minute of the day for like, you know, 15 years, you start to get annoyed at the little thing. So at least – you still have like a bit of like romance. I'm like, Oh, are you okay? Like Jake would be like, well, I'm going back to sleep.
1: I thought for a second, you were gonna say, Jake, can you stop breathing, please? Can
2: you please stop breathing? Can
1: you please just stop breathing for a while and stop with the whole intake of oxygen exhale thing i'm trying to sleep over here no it's i get that and you're right that that's sort of the difference between early on in a relationship late in relationship but both of us were just in a panic this morning for no real reason and i don't know why i don't know why grizzly bear was coming after me but whatever let's get to our best bets from last night chelsea before we talk about monday night football
2: oh yeah sorry i thought there was a sounder coming for some reason oh okay no we've had a lot of sound effects you want me me to give you one Uh, yeah Sure. No, because it's probably going to be scary, right? You've been living in grizzly bear land. No. (sighs)
1: I'll make it really sweet. Chelsea, let's talk about your best bets. Best bets. Good morning. Best bets. bets Yeah, it's on a Tuesday. Go ahead.
2: Best bets. All right. So they weren't that great. Uh, We called them best bets, but my best bet was a loser. Had Brees Hall over 17 and a half receiving yards he finished with 10 he actually had four recept or four targets and maybe it was four receptions but only Mm -hmm. finished with 10 yards like how does that happen like come on man break free just once for me uh but it didn't happen so that was an L Garrett Wilson, however, got me his prop had over 66 and a half receiving yards Guy's been a wagon. The Chargers have given up a lot of passing yards and plus the game script we knew was probably gonna be negative for the Jets. He finished with 80 that was a dub. And then we had Austin Eckler as a squad play over 30 and a half receiving yards. That was an L he finished seven and a half yards short, which sucks. So one and two night for me, I'm not hanging my head, like missed a couple by, you know, 10 yards or less. So whatever. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it does have i was on Eckler as well i love that play and it went off at that mgm at 33 and a half receiving yards still juiced to the over so i love that play there we had a few yards to play with still didn't matter whatever at least i had chargers at jets i played it up to 42 but didn't need it because the chargers went 27 to 6 only 33 points in that game as for the dogster oh the dogster with the guts to vet on the nba had the Celtics laying four in Minnesota against the T Wolves, the T Wolves win outright 114 109. So it is early in the week. Lots can happen. You're one and two. I'm one and one. The Doctor is 0 oh and one. It is the Daily Tip from QL presented by BetMGM. Hope you're having a great Tuesday morning. No bad dreams last night. Nothing but sleeping well, waking up, getting ready for your day. And if you did not see what we saw last night in the Meadowlands, you missed a moribund. Jets offense as the Chargers rips New York 27 to 6 Chargers laying 3 Chargers minus 175 on the money line total set at 41 the under hits this was a bad offensive display by New York which we'll get to in a bit this was really just all Chargers so with 3 and out
0: from each side Thomas Morstead has had in some ways his best year at 37 years old Drives Darius Davis back, and a pretty good return. Goods turning to great. Darius Davis, he is gone. There are no flags on the field, and those are the first points on this Monday night. Touchdown for the rookie.
1: Joe Buck with the call on ESPN. Darius Davis, an 87-yard punt return for a touchdown. Austin Eckler with two touchdowns as well. Justin Herbert goes only 16 of 30, 136 yards in the air, but does become the fastest player in NFL history to reach 1,500 completions. Keenan Allen, eight catches, 77 yards. He reaches 10,000 yards receiving in his career. So not an electric performance But the Chargers, sack Zach Wilson eight times and in New York's three-game winning streak.
2: Right. It was going to come to an end at some point with that offense. Like, we knew that was going to be the case because the defense just can't hold up their side of the bargain every single time. And the Jets be like, oh, we'll all contribute one single touchdown or six total points. Like, you got to get more from your offense. But what I was thinking about this morning was, do you think we're not giving the Chargers enough credit? Because I think going into last night's game, the sabotage factor, if you had the Jets plus three and a half was – We saw the Chargers in this exact situation almost uh, against a really bad team. A lot of people saw a big spread and thought, oh, the Bears can keep it close with the Chargers. What are the Chargers doing laying eight and a half points? But it seems like against lesser competition, maybe the Chargers are actually the play. Because I'm looking at the schedule for the Chargers, and it's wild to me. Three of their four losses have come by three points or fewer. So maybe they're one of those teams that remember the Vikings last year where they were winning all these close games and we kind of overvalued them in the market. Maybe it's the same, but the exact opposite for the Chargers. Do you think the Chargers are better than people are giving them credit for?
1: (sighs) That's a very good question. Maybe, but I don't – I was talking about this yesterday where you look at who they beat. This is probably their best win, honestly over the jets because they'd beaten, what the bears with tyson Bagent and the raiders under josh mcdaniels and then the vikings early in the season with kirk cousins so they take care of the jets on monday night i i think maybe they are i think there's two things that goes into the issue if you're trying to handicap the chargers is that a You know, Mike Williams being gone for the season is just a massive, just a massive blow to the gut because he's been so good. So now you're relying on Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, which is still a a pretty nice set of offensive weapons. And then also you've got Brandon Staley, and you never know in a close game if he's going to cost you the game. So I think you're probably right. I think they're probably better than we think. This is a team that we thought would sort of be right there in the mix of the AFC. They're just Mm -hmm. out of the division race already. So I think they're better than we think, but I don't know. I don't know what that means because we just don't have a whole lot to work with, if that makes sense. Do I sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth? It's like, yeah, I think they are, but also I haven't seen a whole lot.
2: No, because the Chargers have been a conundrum of a team for what, the past three years? Because usually when a team has a great quarterback, a great young quarterback, you can say, okay, this is a team with a lot of potential. Because if you look at the roster alone, it's not like they are devoid of talent. It's just something has been missing for the Chargers. I'm just saying this year, you look at their losses, three of their four losses. They lost 36-34 to the Dolphins, first game of the season. They lost to the Titans in overtime, 27-24. And then they lost to the Cowboys, 20-17. The only loss where they kind of got smoked was against the Chiefs, 31-17. But think about those three games. Uh, If two of those go their way, we are having a much different conversation about the Chargers right now at uh, six and two, right? If my math is correct, if they're four and four now, you give them a couple wins instead of a couple losses. So that's what I'm saying: is yes, you see them with a four and four record, and I'm not sure if I trust them in the postseason. But moving forward, maybe against some of these good teams, we'll have to see what this line is against the Lions. Maybe they're a team that can keep it close. When they are getting a lot of points, or if they're laying big numbers against bad teams.
1: I will also say this when you look at the flip side and you look at the Jets. Again, the Jets allowed eight sacks to Zach Wilson. And that one where Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa had two and a half sacks on the night. Khalil Mack had two. a Tua Peloto had two. And so that one sack where Joey Bosa not only takes down Zach Wilson, he had an offensive lineman all over him and essentially takes down the offensive lineman as well it was it was embarrassing if you're the Jets and now if you look at Zach Wilson I know after the game Robert Sala did not want to comment and say hey he's not our quarterback any longer he said no I still believe in Zach Wilson he was 33 of 49 263 yards no touchdowns no picks but also New York was 3 of 17 on third down That is the lowest rate in the NFL in the last 45 years. So this Jets team was – the Jets actually sacked Justin Herbert five times. It's just that the Jets were so much worse when they had the football. If they had any semblance of an offense, Chelsea, they would be a dangerous team. But with Wilson back there, they're just not.
2: Well, the other thing was the Chargers raced out to an early lead in this one. They had a punt return touchdown, which I saw the score. I was like, who scored the first touchdown? And I was looking, I was Mm -hmm. looking, I was like, a punt return. And so Uh. you have a Jets team that's pretty early on in a 14-0 hole. This is not a team that's built to come from behind. Like, they're the opposite of that. They need a game to be low scoring. They need to just kind of muck around. And so I think that the Jets were kind of cooked from, like, the first quarter. Because, you know, if the game's on the line and you need like two touchdowns quick and Zach Wilson's your quarterback, you are probably in a world of pain. So I think that was another aspect of this game that probably changed the momentum a lot for New York.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Once they get behind, then they're in trouble because Zach Wilson is not going to lead you back. I'm curious if they will... I mean, they just got finished winning three straight, so maybe this is an overreaction. But if you listen to the players talk after the game, and of course, there's a lot of talk about Zach Wilson's performance, and then Garrett Wilson was pretty outspoken. Didn't come after his quarterback, but he said, quote, this is disappointing. It messes with your psyche a little bit. But yeah, I'd be lying if I said we're all content with what we're doing out on the field because we are not. Just imagine if they had a quarterback, because Garrett Wilson is a total stud. Imagine if, I mean, you were on his receiving prop. That was a winner. He had seven catches for 80 yards, lost a fumble. But imagine having that much talent ready to go and just not having a guy who can get you the football on a regular basis.
2: Well, they also, like you alluded to, they couldn't hang on to the football either. Like plenty of guys had fumbles on the Jets. So if the Jets want to win, they have to play very clean, fundamentally sound football to even hang around. That was not the case either. So all around a disaster for the Jets with the exception of Robert Sala's beard. I thought it was pretty impressive. (sighs)
1: it was that's about as manicured and as perfect as it gets next up with the chargers there's the lions on sunday jets go out west to visit the raiders coming up next here on the show time to peek ahead to week 11 in college football and if james franklin can finally get that signature win in happy valley huge upset in college hoops is what we'll tell you about it is the daily tip for betql presented by betmgm on a tuesday come on back
3: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network.
1: Welcome back to the show on a
3: Tuesday,
1: the day tip from IQL, presented by Bad MGM. Good morning to you. I'm Jinx in D.C. She is Chelsea in Nashville, Tennessee. In just moments, we will get into college football. Our first look at week 11, also a huge college basketball upset to tell you about as well, even though it is early in the season, because last night was essentially the first night for college basketball across the country. Chelsea, I know we had Monday Night Football last night. Did you peek in at all on any basketball?
2: I did see one video about college basketball that I laughed at. Apparently, Sanford was hyping up their game against Purdue by telling people that they were going to send their, like, shortest guy out to do the tip-off, and they did. They sent out Dallas Graziano, who is 5'8, what? to do the ah. tip against Zach Eady, who is 7'4. And it went exactly as how you would imagine. Like, no, Dallas did not win at 5'8. Zach Eady swatted that thing. And it was not close, huh. but it's funny. They like leaned into this. They had like posters. They said heart over height. And they had his picture going <laughs> against like this ferocious looking picture of Zach Eady the tip heard around the basketball world and i guess they were like making fun of themselves what an odd thing to do but i did laugh
1: i think it's smart nobody is thinking Mm -hmm. that you have a chance in that game it's not like the tip is going to make the difference one way or the other nobody's going to look back and say oh my god if you guys hadn't done that little marketing thing that you did if you hadn't done that you would have won this game because maybe you would have had a chance to win the tip you weren't going to win the tip off anyway so i love it when schools don't do this and yeah you're you're sort of being self-effacing but at the same time it brings you i think positive attention because you're aware of what you're doing you're saying hey it's just a basketball game we understand we're completely outmanned here so let's have some
2: fun with it this is like those minor league baseball teams that name themselves after like the craziest things. Like, didn't they have like the rocket city trash pandas and they lean oh, into yeah. it because they know people want the hats from these like wild mascot names. So they're like, we're just going to do the craziest names ever trash pandas. Let's do it. So I appreciate yeah. some self-awareness. Um, we'll see if people continue to do this against Zach Eady. I would think not. It is not a great strategy for winning, But uh, I wonder how Purdue's going to be this year. I wonder how they are doing emotionally after that March Madness, (laughs) losing in such epic fashion uh, and being upset. Wasn't it for the second time in a row? Like, didn't they do this two years in a row? God, Purdue, what are you doing?
1: I just want to say for the record, oh my, I was wrong. That tip-off could have made a difference. Chelsea. Purdue only won 98-45. It was so close last. Oh, (laughs) Sanford. It was a good job bringing some attention to that game. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it at all. We do need to talk about the Dukes, not the football team, because JMU has been fantastic in football this season. How about the basketball team? Upsetting number four Michigan State last night, 79-76. On the road in overtime, JMU was getting 16 and a half points. They were 900 plus 900 on the money line. Total set at 148 the over hits. So this game tied 76 in the extra session, and the Duke's coming through with a clutch basket. To shoot, Green's got to go four to shoot out to Horton. Three It's oh good. good. Horton's first points of the oh night, my and a three. The Dukes, a two-possession lead. Wow. You talking about clutch? Fox with the highlight. That three-pointer comes with 8.6 seconds to play. The Dukes hold on to win it. It's only their second all-time win over a ranked opponent with their last coming in 1992 against number 19 Cal at the time. Meanwhile, Michigan State suffers its first home loss since 1986 when david robinson and navy won in overtime 91 to 90. the spartans also lose their first first home opener since 1970 we get the first night of college basketball and already a little madness
2: yeah this is why i don't want to bet on college uh, basketball this week it feels like there's always some craziness when it comes to these big time matchups where a blue blood is facing a team that's not you know, a a power five school or somebody who you would think to uh, contend with another team, it goes one of two ways. It feels like they either went out right or they get smoked by like 50. So it just feels like there's so much volatility early on in college basketball that it's not Mm -hmm. really something I want to bet on. And especially when you look at this one, this is not something that I would expect. When you have a, a team that is coached by a Hall of Famer, tom Mizzo, you would think that this is a team that at least has that going for it and Mm -hmm. you would kind of avoid some of the pitfalls early on but nobody's safe it always feels like this happens to teams like kentucky who have like five brand new freshmen coming in where they kind of have to learn how to play with each other and i think that's the trouble with backing some of these blue blood schools is that you have new players especially since the transfer portal is so hot That you don't really know what to expect this early on in the season but let's do a little spin zone here do you think this is possibly Mm -hmm. good in a way for michigan state to get this loss out of the way the first game of the season and to maybe poke them and say hey you guys can't just cakewalk through the regular season you gotta you know try you gotta be good and even these teams who you aren't expecting to beat you they certainly can
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I was talking yesterday. I was talking about how I expect Michigan State to make a run at the national title because of their backcourt, because of their recruiting class. So I think if you're Tom Izzo, yes, this hurts. But also, it's a very good lesson to learn early in the season, Mm -hmm. super early, where you can say, look, guys, it doesn't matter who you're playing, where you're playing. You always have to make sure you bring your A game because this is college hoops. It happens on a regular basis, and it's a really good lesson when you have a bunch of young guys coming in who are used to a ton of success in high school, a little bit different in college. Let's talk about college football now, Chelsea, and take our look at first- our first look at Week 11 in the college game with number two Michigan visiting number nine Penn State. Michigan is laying four and a half points. Michigan minus two hundred on the money line. Penn State is plus one sixty five. Total set at forty four and a half. That total has gone down a point from yesterday, or gone up, I should say, from forty three in a hook. I'm why would I do the research on this game and put in the extra work? I'm a busy guy. I got naps to take. I got Law and Order to watch. I got a cat to take care of. Why do that when I can defer to Chelsea and Double D? So Chelsea, let me start with you, and then we'll bring in Double D, and then he can take the place of me, and I'll just set this one out. What do you think is going to happen here?
2: Yeah, massive game for both sides. Because for Michigan, it feels like we don't really know just how good they are because they haven't really played that tough of a schedule. So it feels like this is their toughest test yet on their schedule. Mm -hmm. And for Penn State. You know they still have something to play for i know it it sucks that they lost to ohio state it felt like it was going to be the year but this would be a massive win for penn state as well uh so i think this is uh, a game where you look at the spread it's pretty short i would love this if penn state was maybe getting six here but four and a half penn state's getting some credit and you look at the roster and i think you know why they have all kinds of talent on the offensive side of the ball so david do you think penn state covers this and do you think Penn State has a chance to win outright?
0: They always have a chance when they're playing in Happy Valley. Uh, that that's the big home field advantage. To me, this is this is an underplay. Both defenses are really really good. I think the game will be won in the trenches. I, I it sounds so cliche to say we're reverting back to nineteen ninety five Janks. We're going to go old school, Michigan-Penn State, run on first and second down, and then see if you can make the first down by throwing, I think. I could be wrong Mm -hmm. here, but to me, this just reeks of who's going to win in the trenches. Penn State looked awfully good last week. Granted, it was against a not-so-great Maryland team, but they held Maryland to minus- 49 yards rushing minus 49 yards rushing. Granted, it's a step up in talent when it comes to Michigan in that offensive line. But once again, Michigan, same thing. This is a step up for Michigan in dealing with the Penn State defense, who is ranked number two in the country. They are ranked in the top 10 in 20 different categories in the country. This is a ridiculously good defense I don't think J.J. McCarthy has seen anything like this. I am going to say, yes, I think Penn State can beat them. And if that happens, okay. you then root for Michigan to beat Ohio State in the in the rivalry. So each team mm-hmm. has one loss in the Big Ten.
1: Good. That's what I need. I need these guys to take each other out so Texas can squeeze in at the end and make the playoff. Let me ask you this, Double D and I mean this, I am I think this is a question which is a fair question when it comes to Penn State. How much does James Franklin need a win like this? He is a very good college coach, but the narrative surrounding him is that there is a ceiling to James Franklin as far as how far he can take a team, which I think is a fair assessment. How much does he need this win to say, no, I can put us over the top with a monster win in Happy Valley?
0: He hasn't had a big win over a ranked team like this since the Block 6 against Ohio State. Yeah. So it, it's absolutely needed. Yes, there are conversations going on. All right, Franklin's gotten us to this point. Do we need to go somewhere else to take us to that next level? So, yeah, I, yeah. I think a win is necessary. The only thing that I rely on is even if they do lose this this year to both Michigan and, and Ohio State, everybody except for Olu is back next year.
1: Oh, that's huge! Yeah, that's huge. I mean, if you have that much talent coming back, and Aller's a freshman, then you guys will be studs. But it would be nice to see your Nittany Lions get a win this weekend. I kind of like Michigan three and zero against the number this season. I think maybe they pull away late. I'm not gonna bet on a double D for your sake. I hope I'm wrong. Oh please, Let's go to the Pac-12. please everybody.
0: You, oh what? Every, every, go ahead. Yeah. Please everybody, pick pick Michigan. Please, for the love of God, y'all picked Penn State against Ohio State last time. So please. Please pick Michigan.
1: Oh, yeah, we need That's to be on
2: close the other game, side this time. Though. That was a close game. If you had Penn State and that one against Ohio State in such a low-scoring game, one would think they would cover a number, but no, and you're right, David. Everybody was on Penn State there, so maybe we will stay away.
1: One would. One would think that. I'll double D. Oh, double di know you need it. In the Pac-12, I want to get your thoughts on this one, Chelsea. Number 13, Utah at number five, Washington. Washington laying eight and a half points. Washington minus 350 on the money line. Utah is plus 275. Your total is set at 54 and a hook. Spread has come down from Washington minus nine and a half to now eight in a hook. So what is the play here? Little bit of money trickling in on the Utes
2: yeah it does feel like a uh, a high number for two teams that are ranked inside the top 25 and we know utah is very good at making quarterbacks look kind of human uh you saw what they did to caleb williams is that just a case of utah owning caleb williams or will they do it to michael Penix jr and company when it comes to this washington team I think eight and a half is a little too rich for my blood. I think I would look at a total here. Um, It looks like this total is coming down, though. It started at 55 and a half. It is down to 54. And I think that's banking on the Utah defense. So it depends on which side you think has the upper hand. Do you think Michael Penix Jr. can put up good numbers even against a great defense? Or do you think Utah can at least cause enough chaos to keep this one under a pretty low total? Because when you look at totals, this is a relatively low one for a Washington team that had a total of 76 last time around against USC and that one went over. final score 52 to 42. Obviously these are two very different mm-hmm. opponents. but when we've seen totals in the 50s for Washington, they have hit the under had a 59 and a half against Arizona State. that one hit the under a 15-7 final score uh, game in this one. And this is probably the best defense. I think that Washington has faced. Maybe you throw Oregon in there as well. Um, So I think I would maybe look at a total. Clearly, I am not super sold on either of these. But uh, if you do like Utah's defense, maybe you hit the under. If you think Michael Penix Jr. puts a bow on his Heisman campaign, maybe you look at the over. I don't know.
1: I don't know. This is a tough one. This reminds me of this handicap reminds me of when Oregon went into Salt Lake city and we know how Mm -hmm. good Utah is when they play at home. Right. And I think we both like Utah. Now I want to speak for you, but I really like the Utes in that game. I thought that Utah defense and Utah getting points at home against Oregon. I'll take the Utes here. And then what happened? Oregon came in and just rolled Utah. Utah just did not have an answer for that passing offense. And Bo Nix was so good in that game. So I worry about something similar here where a, you've got utah playing away from home and then b not that washington and oregon are the same but they are very similar right two high-powered offenses in the same conference, two Heisman-level quarterbacks, and so I do worry based on what we saw. Look, not all games are transitive, I get that. The number is too big for me to lay, but I do worry about Utah based on what we saw against Oregon being able to hang with Washington. Do they have the horses to do it on the road? We're gonna find out soon enough, but I'm like you, just a little too rich, I'll be on the under as well. Coming up next year on the show, can Patrick Mahomes win the NFL MVP again? The odds say yes, but do we like it? We're gonna talk about that next on the daily tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. She's Chelsea, I'm Jinx. It's Tuesday. Hope you're having a great morning. Come on back.
3: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL network.
1: Double D One of my, one of my favorite music beds that we play. Maybe it's because it's got a little '80s funk to it. That keyboard coming up in the next couple of minutes. How the NFL futures market has shifted, and where we're willing to put our money after nine weeks. Ah, uh, Chelsea, what was I gonna ask you? Something very, very important, I'm sure. My mind totally went blank. Oh, I know what it was. So. Let me let me lean on you for I need some social discipline. This is my problem because Catherine and I, of course, went out this weekend, tied a couple on, had an awesome time. We we're all over the place, but we both decided, hey, we need to slow down a little bit. We need to just chill for a little while, take better care of ourselves, and just relax a little bit because we never see each other. So that's why I've said that before. Since we don't see each other during the week where it's very rare, like, Four in the morning after she's had a bad dream is not necessarily quality time. So we just lose our minds. And so we're working on that. And yet at the same time, my favorite bar sent me an email saying, hey, you know what tonight is? It's the anniversary. It's our anniversary. We're sending this out to the people who've been here from the start. We're having specials. We're starting early. We're going to have a collab with a local brewery. And yet I'm like, you know what? I want to go, but I'm there more than enough anyway. So how do I have the discipline to say, maybe I'll just sit this one out? Because I am I am terrible at avoiding peer pressure, as we've talked about. I am awful at it. You can convince me to do just about anything. And so when someone says, no, 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 just come on out for a little while, I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll do it. How do I draw a boundary and say, you know what? I'd love to, but I can't tonight.
2: Well, didn't we have this conversation like a month ago? Where like we really need to slow down. We I know that's drinking. the problem. Mm, feels like I'm sensing a bit of a pattern. But yes. why can't you just go to the thing with Catherine? Like that's still time together. Like you don't have to be yes. sitting in silence and like staring in each other's eyes for it to count as quality time. <laughs> it feels to me like both of you guys are social animals and both yes. of you like going out and having yes. a good time so like that counts as quality time
1: right oh I, it is we're having a great time so it's not like it's we it's know. Been any sort of <laughs> yeah. it's not like it's it's affecting work for either of us or where you know we're going too far anything bad's happening we're having a great time I think it's just in the name of self-preservation because when you do go out or you have drinks on a regular basis you do need to sort of curtail it or be aware like there is a, a point when if you let it go too much or you're not aware enough about it then you can kind of I feel like step into a territory where all right maybe this isn't good for you maybe you're doing it too much so it's a weird balance because yes we are both built the same way we both love doing that at the same time I don't want to overindulge. So I don't really know where the line is. Everything is fine. Maybe I'm just shouldn't worry about it since there's not an issue in the first place.
2: Okay. Maybe there are little tweaks you can do to make it like healthier or easier on yeah. your body. Like I know you like martinis and hard liquor, but maybe you just do beer. Or maybe you just do something like low alcohol, which I know, yeah. like I even said that and I was like, Chelsea, don't suggest that. He's going <laughs> to laugh you off here. A low ABV beer? This isn't Ugh. Salt Lake City. Uh, but <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Like maybe there yes, are little sure. things you could do. Or, you know, say, okay, I'm going to be quote unquote unhealthy tonight. Maybe there's something I can do during the day that will kind of bring the balance up. Like I'm going to eat a salad with a bunch of like, great stuff in it that has antioxidants and salmon and omegas and whatever i'm gonna go to the gym and then later i will balance it out by going to the bar and sitting on a bar stool and just ingesting all of these liquid calories (laughs) i mean i've been great
1: i've been great for the past two days i've been taking great care of myself everything's good so there's no issues there i don't know i feel like i have this guilt that really comes from nowhere i think the issue is like i always go back to it's always schedule it's always schedule because Catherine's been working her butt off. So she'll get off at six. And then finally I see her at six 15 and, and look, it's not crazy late, but I, even when I go out, I do draw a line and say, to go to bed. I have to make sure I'm I have to make sure I'm ready. So I still don't stay out that late. So then you end up having like, oh my God, we're squeezing in an hour and a half, two hours. I think ultimately we're trying to figure out the way to make the most of the finite time together. And we're thinking, is there a better way? If we're having a good time here, is that not good? You know, we're we're just trying to figure it out. So I'm just sort of pontificating and getting advice.
2: I think everybody has this issue because I thought this about me and Jake before, but here's the (laughs) thing. Doesn't everybody have this issue at some stage of their life? Because most of us are not retired. Most of us have jobs. And then you throw like kids in the mix. So it just feels like this is a very relatable problem. So I don't know if that makes it better, but I would just say like a lot of people go through this and it just means you have to get the most of your weekends, which I know for a fact that you both are doing.
1: That's a good way to tie a bow on a Chelsea. Here's another problem. Is Patrick Mahomes really worth plus 275 to win the MVP in the NFL? right now he's a plus 275 jalen hurts three to one lamar jackson four to one Tua attack six to one joe burrow nine to one and josh allen used to be our guy remember when josh allen was our guy a couple of years ago mm-hmm. not anymore he's 14 to one so we can look at super bowl odds as well but either of these big ticket futures that you like or you think there's some value on
2: well i'm already on patrick mahomes that was my preseason play uh but if you look All at right. the numbers It's not like somebody's running away with this award, because usually MVP means a couple of things. It means your team is one of the top teams in the NFL. Uh, Those two things kind of go hand in hand. It's not an award that they normally give to, you know, somebody who's putting up gaudy numbers on a terrible Mm -hmm. team. But also, you have to have those gaudy numbers that kind of fly off the page. The years that um, I think Cam Newton wanted. He had like 50 total touchdowns. And usually, it's a touchdown to interception ratio if you are a pure pocket passer. If you're a running quarterback, there's some other things that go into it. Uh, Obviously, the eye test matters as well. Because look at Patrick Mahomes' numbers so far. It feels like a very un-Patrick Mahomes type season where he has 17 touchdowns to 8 interceptions. It's not bad. I'm not saying that. It's just normally he's somebody who can really pile up the passing touchdowns. And if you take the name off the stats there, you would say, okay, how is he better than these other guys? Tua, 19 touchdowns, seven picks. Kirk Cousins actually has some of the best numbers in the NFL still. 18 touchdowns to only five picks. But I know it's just not numbers based. These writers and the people who are voting on this actually watch the games. And if you watch, you know that Patrick Holmes is very deserving of being at the top of this list there is one play that is numbers based only that I feel like people are talking about this, but it still feels like Mm -hmm. it's not being talked about enough. CJ Stroud has 14 touchdowns to only one interception. I had to double check that. I'm like, what this kid is lighting it up. And we saw it last week. He really padded his stats. Didn't he? have like four or five touchdowns through the air. So obviously it was a one game sample size that kind of padded those numbers. But still, do you think there is a chance in hell? Because I'm not even seeing him on the board here. Do you think there is a chance in hell that C.J. Stroud could even sniff the MVP this year?
1: No. <laughs> I, he's I he's going to be all over it. But... He's not. I mean, I, here's the thing. You make a. I know the point you're trying to make. You're not really saying, hey, I think this guy can win MVP. I think you're saying, aren't we all sort of blown away that he's been this good, and do we really – understand how good he's been it's one thing to say you know cj stroud has been great no look at the numbers he's been remarkable so the texans aren't good enough to help cj stroud win mvp but to your point right now he's 100 to one to your point he's gonna win rookie of the year no question about Mm -hmm. that and also the fact that he's even in the conversation the fact that you could even consider him at this point i think speaks to the season that he's had
2: right and let's go down this road for a second because if something's a hundred to one like you know if there's even a chance if you even want to put a dollar on it like maybe it's worth it because right now the texans are four and four but they play in a division that i feel like is pretty winnable right now it's the jaguars who look like the class of the afc south but it's not like the titans are coming for anybody it's not like the colts are coming for anybody so i still think there is a chance that maybe the texans win their division And it's not like it's been like the, the team is good around them. They do have some good pieces, but it's really been CJ Stroud. So like, I think, you know, a hundred to one, like there's been worse hundred to one bets out there. Like, I think one of these other guys will win it, but still, just from a value perspective, we had to at least walk down the road.
1: No, I think you're absolutely right about that. It's, it's at least <laughs> worth the conversation like considering right. the value here it's something worth considering absolutely how about when it comes to super bowl odds because we've seen things shift quite a bit over the past few weeks right now the chiefs eagles tied as your favorites at 5 to 1 niners 6 to 1 ravens 9 to 1 then you got the bengals at 13 to 1 any of those teams seem interesting to you, I will say, and I know it's easy to have this recency bias, the Bengals at 13-1 to sticking out to me in a big way.
2: Yeah, I like them to win the AFC uh, because we know matchup-wise there is a good chance that it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. And if there's a team that we know can take down the Kansas City Chiefs, even on the road, because that's what you need with some of these teams with long odds. You need teams to be road warriors because they're going to take the path that's a little – Tougher than these top dogs. So obviously I have said this a thousand times. Looks like the Bengals are down to plus 550 to win the AFC. Now they were nine to one just last week. I think these AFC and NFC bets are the way to go because in the NFC, doesn't it feel like there's really only two teams that can win it? The Eagles and the Niners. Like the Cowboys have the talent, but every year and yeah. like the boneheaded coaching decisions, even at five to one, I ain't in on that. So you could take the Eagles and the Niners. You could take both of them. And if one of them yeah. wins the NFC, you would be up a little bit of money. Eagles plus 185, Niners plus 230. I think that's a solid play. And then I'll be on the Bengals in mm-hmm. the AFC.
1: Okay. I like that as well. I am. I'm trying not to get caught up in what we've seen recently in the NFL. I, I think if you like the Niners, now is a good time to grab them at 6-1. to one. I don't know if they'll get any cheaper than that. But, man, the way the Ravens and Bengals are playing right now, either one of those teams, I don't think you can go wrong. Coming up next here on the show, oh, it might be a Tuesday, but we are ready to look ahead to the weekend and which NFL games are standing out to us. Our first look at Week 10 in the National Football League is coming up next to the Daily Tip from Beck It is presented by our good friends at MGM. Hour 2 is coming your way next. Stay right there.